We know the last thing you need is another fitness podcast to catch you up on the newest trends and fad diets based off of popular opinion, not research. Enter myself, Mariana, and Tony. We made fitness stuff podcasts to make exercise and nutrition science practical. Our goal is to expose misinformation in the industry by providing only evidence-based education. For today, we are going to be discussing how much protein you need to be eating in a day for your own specific body goals. It's a hot topic. We're going deep. We're going deep, <laughs> deep. But before we get started, as a friendly reminder, this show is free. It always will be free. It is part of our mission to bring zero cost to consumer education to as many people as we possibly can. And you guys know the best way you can support that and help us in that mission is to one, just give the, the show a simple five-star rating that boosts it and pushes out to so many more people. And it takes like 30 seconds. You can do it by the, by the time I'm done telling you about our freaking awesome new sponsor, bum, 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 perfect segue <laughs> into Legion Athletics. You probably have seen me talk about it a hundred times. You've probably seen Mariana talk about it because we've used it for so long, but they are now our newest sponsor of the podcast. It's Legion Athletics, the number one best-selling all-natural supplement brand. Now, you guys know that we only partner with companies that not only we use ourselves that we believe in, but whose company and owners align with our own ethics and morals, which is massive. And their CEO, Mike Matthews, who started Legion, he's the author of Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, Thinner, Leaner, Stronger, which is always the first book I recommend to anyone trying to get started in health and fitness. He wrote those books in efforts to sort out this terrible mess of an industry that Mariana and I are trying to doing as well. And he started this brand of supplements pretty much, I don't like to curse, especially in the first five minutes, with no bullshit. Every single product they put out is third party tested to prove what's in the bottle. Not many companies do that at all because it is expensive. And he only puts the highest quality ingredients in. He doesn't sell detoxes, cleanses, anything that doesn't make sense and isn't backed by research, the clinical dosing. If you guys ever want to shop, you can use the code FSPOD, that's F-S-P-O-D, at checkout for 20% off for first time orders. And if you haven't, you get double points if you use that code in the future, which rack up and they actually have a pretty sick rewards program. I know I take their pre-workout, their protein, their creatine, and their gut balance right now. And I know you're a big fan of their birthday cake protein, aren't you? Huge fan of their birthday cake protein. I just made, I posted a protein muffin recipe today with their uh, vanilla protein in it. You can also find that in the show notes or the link in our bio, we'll put it in there too. But today, speaking about it, but Today we're talking about how to set your freaking protein because I mean, we've talked about how important protein is a million times, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. A million and two? Beating a dead horse, yeah. It kind of is, it's like being a little bit dead horse. I know Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, we had Alan on this other week. It's it's not really negotiable anymore. Like a increase in protein in most people's diets is usually advantageous to whatever health goal you have. If it's even not just body composition, losing body fat, getting stronger, building muscle, just the longevity aspect of living a longer, healthier, higher quality life. Protein's usually a staple. And I think we're finally breaking away from like the old school mentality of protein is for bodybuilders and muscle heads. That's at least, I feel like that's what it used to be. So crazy. We're better now. We're better now. So today the goal is going to be to help you figure out how much protein you should be getting in your Diet. We're also going to dive deep into a lot of the secondary cause and effect of protein in your diet, right? It's not just advantageous. It's not just the building blocks for muscle. 
it does so much. And we want to tell you guys exactly how it can help you no matter what your goal is. Because I think the recommendations we're going to give you based on goals are probably going to surprise some of you when we talk about its, its use in fat loss more than muscle gain. So we're yeah. going to go in, we're going to break all this down step by step. And hopefully it's not the longest episode either. So I think a good place to start, Mariana, correct me if I'm wrong, I think would be in breaking down, not exactly just how to set it up yet, because I think we should explain why it's important for people first. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, I no. like always like to start just to put things into perspective. Protein is in every single cell in the human body. Not only... And I feel like you get into this, you know, protein, building muscle, protein, you know, you're working out in the gym, get your protein, worry about your protein. Enzymes are protein. So in our, in our body, and I'll get a little bit into the biochemistry of it, but enzymes are protein. Enzymes are required for a reaction to take place in your body. Enzymes are proteins. Hormones are made up of proteins. They are involved in sending messages from your cell to your tissues, to your organs. Like protein is so, so essential for allowing our bodies to function properly on so many levels beyond building muscle. And I like to always preface with that because I feel like it's boxed into this muscle building category. It is. It's so, especially, I mean, not even, and that's, I'm so freaking pumped you brought that up because- most people are like, oh, you're telling me if I don't want to build muscle, what if I just want to get lean or defined or tone? You're telling me I need protein. It's like, no, you need protein because it's in, like you said, every cell of your body. Yeah. Even your butt. Even your butt cell. <laughs> butt cells. <laughs> don't know why that's where my head went, but every cell in your body, right? This, this, no, this shit matters. So <laughs> in setting up your protein, why it's so important. Now let's talk about it from achieving most people's goals today. We're going to break down some of the more common ones. Now, we all know protein is essential for building muscle mass, especially significant muscle mass. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. I don't think that might be one thing the health industry can agree on. Now that I'm thinking about it, would you agree? I, that, that could be the one thing. Yes. The health yes. Industry In the context of it. Yes. I think so. There's always going to yes. be someone out there that's going to say it. <laughs> no, but generally. No, you just need ketones you just need ketones you in just your need coffee butter uh, you just need uh just, bulletproof just more, butter. more more butter <laughs> okay so that's one thing that we don't have to agree it is the building blocks of muscle when you eat protein specifically these amino acids that it is made up of stimulate muscle protein synthesis you need to be in a net surplus in muscle protein synthesis over muscle protein breakdown to build muscle right you need to spend more time in that zone than not and that's you can't really stimulate it better than eating protein itself yeah. and we can get into the amino acid breakdown i know we have quite a bit before but yeah. what i think most people don't realize and i'm going to say it out here and you can tell me what you think if you disagree or not i do think protein is more important if your goal is to lose fat than it is to build muscle we all know it's essential to build muscle i'm saying it's more important if your goal is weight loss, fat loss, if you just want to get tone, if you want to get lean, protein, I think is more important than in building muscle. What do you think? I completely agree. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be for the same reasons as you, but strictly from a 
consistency adherence perspective when you are putting your body into <laughs> in energy deficit having protein really really helps you with that satiation effect and feeling satisfied full after meals so kind of a lot of what's going on in your brain from a you know feeling satisfied even while you are a bit restricting a bit of energy and allowing yourself to be consistent and not getting into zones where you feel like hunger is way too high or you feel like your cravings are super high. Protein plays a huge, huge role in that. And that, again, consistency is everything. So protein in your diet is huge. That's a great place to start because I think initially people, well, let's break this down in like first order consequence, second Mm -hmm. order consequence, third order consequence. Most people only go first level deep. And I think that's something when we talk about diets, right? People only go first level deep. I think we've said the term I've used like a billion, million times is people think in terms of action, not interaction. People think of what is this going to do right now? Not what interactions is this going to have in the rest of my life? Why yeah. people go on 1200 calorie diets over and over, why people choose crash diets instead of just taking their time with it. They don't think about the interactions. And that's kind of an interesting point. I actually have this study pulled up from the Sports Performance Research Institute in New Zealand is actually this pulled up. And in talking about those second and third order consequences, they compared two different groups, a high protein, low fat diet versus a moderate protein, moderate fat diet. So not even low protein, but high protein to moderate protein. And they actually found that in terms of diets and in a deficit, the high protein group consistently scored higher on mitigating mood disturbances, fatigue, stress, and cravings through the course of the diet. And that's not even talking about satiation of actually filling you up. That's talking Mm -hmm. about, has anybody ever been hangry? We've heard that term (laughs) before, right? Hangry? Yes. If you're hangry all the time, do people want to hang out with you? No. They don't. Definitely not if, me. If you're constant, if you're hungry, you're not in a good mood. You have mood disturbances. You're co- you're probably a little bit more fatigued, right? You don't want to go do more things. You don't want to go work out. You don't want to do things. This also can increase your stress and your cravings, which could lead you to fall off your diet. Now, this is where the high protein group consistently scored higher on, right? You notice significantly less mood disturbances, significantly less fatigue in a deficit, significantly less craving, significantly less stress. Mm -hmm. That's huge alone. That's huge alone. I think people understate that, but I'm glad that you brought it up because that's what we're talking about. This will help you stick to something for longer than two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know we talk about that all the time. I feel like it's just the consistency piece is huge. And to think about that, people are talking about motivation, right? What keeps you motivated? Intrinsic motivators of like, I know that uh, this is going, I'm going to eat more protein because I know this is going to allow me to adhere to it in the long run. And I feel like I know I can be successful doing this. I'm not just going to eat more protein because I saw some jacked guy, you know, with a shirt off with a protein powder in his hand telling me that this is why he's slam a protein shake after your workout. Yeah. So definitely a good starting (laughs) point. Is big. No, it's absolutely big. Now, I think that leads perfectly into another one because we want you to understand why you're doing this. Now, the biggest thing, I think this, oh, I feel like I've said the biggest thing like eight times and you can't have eight biggest things. So (laughs) let me correct my, let me correct my vocabulary. Another massive piece, equally important piece, I think is, and we haven't touched on this, honestly, I think as much as a lot of other things in this goal, but there's a substantial difference in having a goal of weight loss versus having a goal of 
fat loss, mm-hmm. right? Weight loss and fat loss are not the same thing. I think we've touched on this before because some people know this, but some people forget, right? Yes, you yeah. can go through a successful weight loss phase, but really I would consider it unsuccessful unless it's a fat loss phase, right? When you're losing weight, you could be losing it from a number of different places, body fat or lean body mass or the places other than that, mostly talking about muscle tissue. Now we know if you're going through a weight loss phase and you're losing significant amounts of muscle tissue, I mean, you've listened to our previous podcast where we see how massively important holding on to muscle is for a longevity standpoint, but your overall metabolic rate is very closely tied to how much lean body mass and muscle you can carry. So if you're losing that, you are losing some of that metabolic output, how many calories you are burning every single day. You will feel weaker, more fatigued, more tired, right? You're not as strong. You do not want to lose muscle ever. Okay, not ever. There's never, 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 never say never. But you really most of the time do not want to lose any muscle, especially if you're trying to lose weight. That's going to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. That's going to be your biggest helper is having lean body mass and muscle. And here's the most important part is having a high protein diet when you're in a calorie deficit losing weight better ensures if you're strength training and doing the protocols as far as your daily active movement, but mostly strength training and protein, that that weight you're losing is coming from body fat and not muscle tissue. Mm -hmm. If you can keep your protein high. Have we talked about that before? This feels like a first time. We have talked about, like we were just discussing this the other day, I think a little bit touching on this piece of preserving muscle mass while losing fat, which is one of the most significant, like why it's so important to distinguish between weight loss and fat loss, not only just for knowledge to share, to spread, to help you guys out, but also like for you guys to think about, okay, maybe what are my goals? Reevaluate your goals because it's okay to just have a weight loss goal. Like that is totally fine. And especially from a health standpoint for a lot of people, like that's enough. But when we're getting into muscle territory and people really wanting to put on like lean muscle mass and preserve that. And it also kind of helps with your weight loss journey in terms of maybe I can eat a little bit more and feel a little Mm -hmm. bit more like I am capable, like my day to day feeling stronger, like having muscle mass, especially as you get older is very, very important. Yeah. And I think people too, that like think about it's like, Oh, well, I just want to be skinny. I just want to be whatever. It's like, and I know people have heard this term skinny fat before I've talked about it a little bit before. I know people have heard it. That skinny fat look is when you are thin, you're small, you don't take up a lot of space, but when you don't have a shirt off, you still have that, like, I hate saying the fat, but it's that skinny fat look. Yeah. Right? And there's clothes, nothing wrong with it. Thin, but you don't we, have We are any, here for it. There's nothing, nothing wrong with the skinny fat. <laughs> nothing, no, nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at all. But when a lot of people get frustrated with their goals, they're like, why don't I look lean and defined? I want to look tone, right? That's usually a word they use. I want to look tone. And although we know you can't fundamentally change the shape or length of a muscle to tone it, right? You can only increase or decrease its size. We do know that that tone look people refer to comes from holding on to muscle tissue while having lower percentage of body fat. Yeah. Right. But if you have a low body fat percentage and you don't carry muscle with that, you're not going to look toned no matter how much of that body fat you lose. Yeah. You're just not. Right. That's how that composition change works. I think another interesting one is the study found at the University of Birmingham in the United Kingdom. I posted this on my Instagram a while back. They separated dieting groups or deficit groups into two separate groups. 
one group on a lower protein diet. So around 10% of their calories were coming from protein. Another was a higher protein group with about 35% of their calories from protein. And what they found at the end of this study is the high protein group, or sorry, the low protein group lost about twice as much lean body mass during the deficit phase as the high protein group. Twice as much. Because if you're in a deficit, odds are you're going to lose a little muscle. A little bit if it's, a, if it's an extended deficit. But twice as much lean body mass in that time period mm-hmm. at a lower protein intake. So not even the bo- – okay, we can say boring because I know you and I care about this. <laughs> the boring – effect of like, oh, living an extra 10 high quality years of life. Ooh, so boring gag. The people are like, I don't care. I want to look sexy with my shirt off. Do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's, there is so much more to like eating more protein resistance training than aesthetic. And especially when you think about quality of life standpoint, uh, Think about your dietary decisions and start to think about your dietary decisions in terms of longevity with these decisions. So can I continue Mm -hmm. to live this lifestyle, eat this amount of protein that I know is helping me maintain or build muscle for in the long term? Can I continue to do this in a way that's sustainable? Because that will give you add quality to your life, add years to your life yeah. that are not miserable. <laughs> it keeps your body capable. Like that's yeah. that, that's what it helps your body. It stays capable. So you can walk up a flight of stairs without needing to take the elevator. So you can go on a hike when you're 60, 70 years old, or even like I said, in San Diego, there's freaking 70, 75 year old surfers hit it every single morning when they wake up. Yeah. If you don't have a lot of muscle mass, good yeah. luck. And also, I just want a little side note before I know we want to get into kind of the applied, like, how much should we be eating? Yeah. But also a good note and something that I feel like not a lot of people take into account, but many of your brain's neurotransmitters are made from amino acids, which again, are the building blocks of proteins. And the neurotransmitter dopamine, it comes from the amino acid tyrosine and the serotonin comes from tryptophan, which is amino acid. So if you lack any of these two amino acids... There, that can have enough of an effect on production of these neurotransmitters. So say the people suffering from depression, anxiety, who product, production of those neurotransmitters is already low at baseline. Protein is even, protein intake and complete protein intake, like I'm talking high quality animal protein intake is even yeah. more important. So that's also just like a little note, like how that's important it is cool. for so many things. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's- I, I, Protein, I mean, they're the amino acids, but which are the building blocks of protein, but you get those amino acids from protein in your diet. So like- That makes sense. I've just never thought about that. Yeah. 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 So you're telling me I can not only bench press a lot of weight, but I could be happy while doing it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Mm-hmm. That actually is really cool. That's actually really cool. Now, okay, there's two other points that I wanted to go over especially before we go into, okay, how much do you need? And then how can we set up our days to help you get that? I think those are the two big pieces that we want to go over. The two other ones, I think we want to touch, I want to touch a little bit more on the point you brought up to begin with, which is the satiety effect. Yes. And I think this is just well known. I don't have any hard numbers to back this up off the top of my head, but I, it's basically fact at this point, the most satiating food group there is, is protein. Yes. By a it's, it's highest on the satiety group. index. So, yes, 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't have the exact number, but it's highest on the satiety index, meaning it keeps you fuller longer. It fills you up. Now, this is especially, and I think another freaking reason why protein is more important on this fat loss or weight loss phase is because guess why most people fall off a weight loss phase? They get hungry and they need to eat more food. Mm-hmm. Controlling appetite, there's not really many things that can do that, right? There's not a drug. There's not many, su- there's no supplements. There's nothing that you can just take that just suppresses your appetite. That's not something like a, an ADHD medication or something like that. Protein is one of the best things you can do to suppress your appetite, to keep you full, which you've, if you've ever been through a successful weight loss or fat loss phase, you know how hard that can be. Yeah. Increasing your protein intake is massively important when it comes to keeping that up. So I just wanted to touch on that one more time. And another cool little tidbit. I know we talked about this in our, what, what episode was it? It was our NEAT episode where we went over, or not NEAT, our uh, TDEE episode, right? Our met- metabolism episode. The piece of it called TEF, the thermic effect of food, right? That's a equates to about 10 to 15% of your metabolic output. How many calories you burn in a day? It's the thermic effect of food, right? How many calories your body just burns digesting the food you eat? Now, I think this is important to notice, and this was taken from the Harvard School of Public Health, actually separating the three different macronutrients on their TEF or the thermic effect of food, how many calories they burn separated. Protein didn't just score highest by a little bit, scored highest by a lot of bit, right? The thermic effect of protein is anywhere between 20 and 30%, meaning if I eat 100 calories from protein, my body is going to burn 20 to 30 calories just digesting that. Mm-hmm. 20 to 30 of those calories just digesting that. The next closest is carbohydrates, and that's only 10 to 15%. So that number gets cut in half for carbohydrates. Yeah. And then comes dietary fat, which is 1 to 3% of a thermic effect. So not only are you going to be fuller longer eating more protein, but if you take someone who's eating less than 25, 50 grams of protein a day and increase that to 125, 150, that's an extra over 100, maybe even 200 calories that your body is burning every single day just through the digestion process. I think that's massive yeah. when it comes to it. That's massive. So like those are the two really things I want to add on that. Yeah. No, no one like, talks about it. Yeah. No one so, talks about it. And again, like that on top of how protein, the signaling pathway is involved in when you're consuming more protein, they – trigger the production of hormones that promote that feeling of fullness, satiety. And they're involved it's involved in all of those pathways. Carbohydrates stimulate other I'm not going to get too deep into it, but stimulate like there's other pathways that may not have as much of an effect on the hormones that promote the feeling of satiety. So There is so much going on in our bodies that explain this because protein can act as a chemical messenger. It can act as a hormone. It is involved in actual chemical reactions in our body acting as an enzyme. It can help regulate our glucose production, not just carbohydrates. You know, there's so many different Mm -hmm. pieces here. And I think just that's why I literally made a TikTok yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It, you know the t- the song, um, corn. You know the corn song. It's corn. 
Come on, you have I have absolutely it? no clue. I have no clue what you're talking about. Come on. So, can you sing it for us? I have no idea. Can you please sing it? I, Come on, I'm, guys, I'm, I have to put this in. No, I need you to sing it. I can't. You don't, don't pull it up, don't you? But, it, but I, I, it. I can't sing, though. Come on, sing it for us. Come on. I'm kidding. I know what song it is. What do you like about corn? It's cold. I've never heard this song in my entire life. It, oh, my God. It's so funny. It's like this little kid talking about how much he loves corn, and then some guy re- remixed it into a Wait, song. Wait, so now- why, why does this have to do with the protein? Well, I made a TikTok, like, making my protein muffins, and I was saying, like, I really like protein instead of Oh, corn. okay. That made, okay that's and I was saying why. I didn't see it. I'm a bad. I'm a Brad supporter. You don't get notifications when I okay. post. That's sad. That is. It's fine. Sorry, guys. I I, I do. I just save them so I can. I'm just kidding. Watch them. I want to give all my effort towards them, so that's why I save them. Oh my gosh. Just kidding. I didn't. But it, it's insane. So so that is why protein is so massively important. If we remember something, we'll add it on. But that was quite a bit of why. Now we want to tell you exactly how to set up and figure out. Okay, like well, how the hell, how much do I need? And then once we figure out that number, for a lot of people, it might be higher than they're currently taking in. And that can be intimidating. So yeah. after we say how much we think you should be getting, which is a less exact number than you think, we can also set up the parameters of, okay, here's the things you can do to make sure that you can hit that. How is it easier yeah. to hit that? Because we know, and we've talked about setting up your, your day and preparing right, is everything. I'm not talking about just meal prep. I'm saying we have to plan a lot of the times and be intentional with what we're eating through the day about what's in our meals if we want to hit a larger protein goal. Now, the the amount of protein an individual needs is kind of different depending on who you ask. We had Alan on the show last week. He bases his estimate more based off of your goal body weight. I know a lot of the RDA is based off of total body weight. I'm not a big fan of using total body weight recommendations yeah. because, I mean, let's just use, for example, like, Cam Newton, right? Who's 6'5". I think he's like 240, 250 pounds. Actually, I think he was 260. Cam Newton, 260 pounds, 6'5". And he's probably single digit body fat percentage, right? Athlete training two, three times a day. If he's 260 pounds and you have a sedentary adult female who is 260 pounds, who sits down all day, Mm-hmm. Those two individuals should not have the same protein intake, not even close, Yeah, not even close. Yeah. So that's why I'm not a big fan of basing it off of just total body weight. I think a next good step, like Alan said, would be basing off of goal body weight is another good way. Yes. I typically base it off of your lean body mass or how much muscle you tend to carry since that's what you're essentially giving it for. But there's no perfect, there's no definitive right answer. That's just what I choose to base it off of. Now, I'm going to go over the few things that really go into determining how much protein you need and determining a kind of good window to be at it. But I do want you to realize, because we were talking about this before, of how we how we can convey this information clearly enough to not make it seem like too much or ridiculous. Because it really isn't that confusing. Does, and I a, feel like it, it can, with because we're discuss, discussing specific goals, specific circumstances. But there is like a baseline of like, Hey, yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk. So that's about. why it's like, so don't, so don't stress out about getting the perfect number of protein, right? Cause if you get one macro calculator, it could say you need 120. If you go to another one, it could say 180. You're like, well, what is it? Both of those numbers would probably work, but here are the factors that go into determining how much protein you need. First and foremost, I think you want to determine your lean body mass, which is the mass in your body, the weight in your body. That's not coming from body 
fat. And just for all this too, and I can put the calculator, I made a calculator to determine this and give you a window. I can, if Tony remembers, put it in the show notes. If not, it's on my personal link in bio, but I'll try and remember to put it in the show notes. But you want to determine your lean body mass first, if that's what you base it off of. I like using a calculator because it's a little bit confusing in mass, but essentially you take your total body weight and then you figure out how much body fat percentage you have. And then you take that amount of body fat away from your total weight. And that's your lean body mass. Now that's your starting point. The other sources that go into this are one male versus female. I think a lot of people will get up in arms about this, but it's just, it's, it's a simple pattern recognition that females typically have a harder time digesting just on their digestive system, harder time digesting higher amounts of protein. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just kind of a pattern and, that we know. And also women have less lean body mass than men, like just anatomically, that's just how, that's how it is and tend to also hold on to a little bit more fat than men. That's just, you know, or we're meant to build, hold a child. Body fat is protective. That's yeah. just how it is. There's no like, no way around that. So accounting for that can be really helpful and also just realistic for being able to actually yeah. meet these goals. Because if you've ever actually, I don't know if anyone's actually been ever eaten too much, like thought that it was the right amount of protein for them, but it was way too much and like has really struggled. Like it's the it's worst. It's uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable. <laughs> you want to puke your whole, it's like you want to puke. You out of shouldn't ever feel like that. It's the worst. Unless if, no, like, but people, you shouldn't feel like that. It's crazy. <laughs> no, never. It, it, if you've ever had too much protein, you know, like if you ever go, I call it like you get the meat sweats. If you go to like Korean barbecue and you're just like unlimited meat, you get the meat sweats. You ever had those? Well, that's also the fat too. Well, it's, but you get the meat sweats, whatever. <laughs> you just feel gross. You feel gross. Yeah. If you eat too much protein, you have too much protein, whatever it is. So typically, and, and this is even, I think after accounting for lean body mass, I tend to notice that females do still have a harder time digesting, even if it was like pound for pound lean body mass, still have a hard time. So that's something that goes into it. But notice it's like, you're going to stick to something and be more consistent with something if you're comfortable while doing it. So if you are a female and you have a higher protein intake and it makes you physically uncomfortable day to day, consider like, okay, what might be the reason for that? Maybe I'm just having one meal or two meals a day with all my protein, or maybe you just need to lower your protein intake. Now, yeah. outside of that, the other two big things are one, what is your goal? Because typically mm -hmm. if you have a fat loss goal, I typically put, especially my one-on-one -on -one clients, their protein intake a little bit higher than if your goal is to gain muscle. I think that's what shocks most people mm -hmm. is because of all those added second and third order consequences of protein intake that we mentioned, the yeah. satiety, the holding on to lean body mass in a deficit, the lessening of mood disturbances, fatigue, stress, things like that matter. So what is your goal? Fat loss or building muscle if it's somewhere in between. And then another one, how freaking active are you? And are you resistance training? If you're sedentary and you're sitting on the couch, right? Versus an athlete training five, six, seven times a day, or like the Cam Newton example, the intake's going to be different. Now that's what I put into my calculator, those aspects. But what this is going to do is it pumps out a minimum, a maximum and an ideal number for where you might want to be. And the ideal number is, again, not a hard set goal, but here's what we like to do with our clients one-on-one. -on -one. This is what we were talking about beforehand, is look at your current intake. What are you averaging today? A lot of people in America, 40 to, 40 to 60 grams is pretty normal. Would you say that's close to what you've seen too? Yeah, if you're eating on the, like, yeah, I would say so. 
that's like their current intake. Like most Americans without paying attention to it are not eating a lot of protein. So that's where a lot of people, so bridge your gap. If your calculator spits out that you need 180 grams of protein and right now you're eating 45, don't just triple to quadruple your protein intake overnight. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough on your gut, but I promise it's going to be almost impossible to maintain. So take a look at where you're at. Take a look at where that bottom line is, right? The bottom and top recommendation. Start to work your way up closer to it and start to notice when you're noticing those positive effects, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a range. Like, let's kind of see where we're at. I mean, and there's. Go ahead. No worries. No, and having that range also allows for flexibility. So, just if you're, especially like we're talking about a fat loss phase, you're looking to lose fat, you're going to be in an energy deficit. So, that's again why protein is so important for many reasons, especially the satiety and minimizing hunger as much as possible. But when you're looking at another option, if you feel like you, what your goal is, is much higher than what you're currently eating right now, you can have a range of 25% to 35% of your total calories of flexibility coming from protein. So obviously the goal is going to be at the higher end of that range there, but you will still, if you are hitting every single day, 25% of your total calories coming from protein, even though that may sound like a little bit on, on the lower end at first, if you're hitting whatever that number is in grams, if you're consistent with that, that's a great starting point. If you're not really eating Mm -hmm. a lot of protein in your diet as it is. And then if you feel like you can move up, experiment that with a little bit, just like it, it is all learning process. Like there's no gold standard, but there are some minimums in terms of like, and maybe we're not going to go below that 25% because that's not optimal in the literature for those who are resistance training, who are also simultaneously trying to build, like build muscle and lose fat. So there yeah. are some standards there. You can still use the, okay, I don't really know what my body fat percentage is, even though this calculator, like that's a gold standard. That's going to really help you with accuracy, really dive in head first. But if you don't know your body fat percentage, you don't really know how much you're eating right now. Like you still can aim for like one gram per kilogram of body weight. Although that's not, that takes into account like a lot of different individuals. It's not the gold standard, Mm -hmm. but that's still going to get you eating more than you typically are right now. And then you add into, okay, maybe I'm going to also focus on the quality of my protein. Where is it coming from? Hmm. So it, it's those baby steps. So, cause I know we have a lot of different levels here listening to yeah. us um, who may be a little bit overwhelmed by, well, I don't even know how much body fat I have. Like, how do I determine that? So I just like to put that out there too, for kind of massive. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's a big point is like, just look for improvement and mm-hmm. to your, like the point of minimum, it's like, you might be like looking down on yourself for getting the minimum amount, but it's like, at least at that minimum, you're going to start to avoid the muscle breakdown. Yeah. You, know, you might not be building optimal. You not be. You might not be getting the satiety, the mood disturbance, all those things. But it's like you're getting at least the minimum to do what you're you're supposed to do. Yeah. And the, all the – we'll call them like bonus items kind of start coming after yeah. that once you kind of work it up. So Again, and <clears throat> also we didn't touch on this yet, but the – just a mm-hmm. little side note. Protein is important for recovery. So – because you're breaking down your tissue, it's important to repair those tissues. So that is huge, yeah. huge, huge for muscle recovery after working out. So if you are still like, yeah, maybe you may not see the muscle 
building properties, like in terms of results as quickly, it might be slower. You're still, your body's still benefiting from it on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. If you're, if you're training, especially training hard, but you're not getting enough protein, you are not going to be making nearly as much progress as you could, if any at all, you might, you might be doing yeah. more damage. Now I want to get into how we can help people get this. Cause if they just figured out and they did the calculations or they, whatever, they might be like, well, shit, I've got a lot more protein to be eating. If I want to be there, how am I going to do that? Cause I know a lot of people say, I'm going to hit, hit this protein goal. And then they actively try, they say, I'm going to eat as much protein as I can tomorrow. And they look and they're still 50, 60 grams, 70 grams short. That's a problem. Of where they, they're where they need to be about, I'm interrupting like, you. That's the problem. Yeah. Thinking about tomorrow, you're not like people don't like I will say plan, plan. Think about tomorrow. Think about the next day, the next day. Yeah. And actually think about what that looks like. Yeah. So so here's here's Sorry. what I like to say for people who it's like, okay, how do we actively hit this? Now, I think the first thing, first step is find out how much you want to be aiming to get. Figure that out. Mm-hmm. Step number two is, and I know I posted this several times, but get a list of good protein sources, right? Good protein sources. And typically a good protein source, what I mean by that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the best, highest quality, naturally sourced, whatever. It doesn't have to be, but I'm just saying get a source that it's most of that calorie or most of the caloric density of that food is coming from protein, Yeah. right? Like peanut butter, not a good source of protein because 70% 70% of the calories you're a lean, eating from a lean are protein from source is typically what I'll like a lean protein source. Yeah. Yeah. Which has its people say like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like it's not me stigmatizing fat or anything. It's just, that is, that's your no. protein. You don't want it to be like a mostly fat and like 10 grams of protein. Like that's exactly. why it's called a lean protein source is because the majority of the content is protein. Yeah. And even you don't have to get the leanest of the lean. Like you can still have no. a nice red beef, red steak, stuff like that. But it's, it's, and it does come a lot of times I see vegans kind of pushing this out. Like, oh, get, get your peanut butter, get your this. Say. It's like the high protein sources that most of those people are kind of pushing are typically terrible protein sources. They have like five to 10 grams of protein and then 20 grams of saturated fat or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. I, so I've, look at a list. I, you just thought of vegans. I don't want to run too far away from that because I know people are going to be having questions about that plant versus animal protein. It's just a natural part yeah. of the conversation. First of all, if you are vegan and listening to this or vegetarian, you can you can still it is still possible to put on muscle you on a vegan diet. I, there have been plenty of bodybuilders that do it, like plenty of people athletes, it's possible. A lot more work, harder? Yes. Yeah. And animal protein in terms of the capacity to build muscle, absorb the protein, getting the proper amino acid profile, animal protein will always be the gold standard. And that's just how it is. It doesn't mean that like a soy protein, which is a complete plant protein, can't help you meet Mm -hmm. your protein intake. That's not at all what what anyone is ever saying who's well-versed in this field. It's just Mm -hmm. the optimal source from a performance muscle hypertrophy standpoint, animal protein. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You don't always have to do everything optimal, I think is what you're saying too. It's like- No, no. getting the job done is a lot better than doing it the perfect, yeah. most perfect, perfect way you could do it. So it's, it's, it's a lot harder. In a yeah. You just have to plan. To you have to plan a lot more. And yeah. also that's where di- digestion gets tough. Like, I mean, yeah. shoveling a lot, a lot of, of hurdles, tofu, tempeh, bean, like 
it's t- it's tough on your digestion. Some people thrive, absolutely thrive, but mm. a lot of people don't just because of how our yeah. digestive systems are wired for that much. Yeah, um, and that protein. might be a good way for if you are vegan due to ethical reasons or whatever it is, you could also lower your protein intake towards that much lower end of the spectrum. You might not mm-hmm. get all those added benefits from it, but that's another reason why you could is your lifestyle preferences. Now, yes, yeah. yeah once yeah. you find, and that's the next step, is to find good protein sources that you actually enjoy eating. So I know mm-hmm. I've posted this before. I'm sure you could find this online of good protein sources. Please don't go to like BuzzFeed or whatever. It's like, oh, here's the top 20 protein foods because I guarantee you they freaking put peanut butter on that list. They'll put peanut uh, butter. So find some protein <laughs> sources that you actually enjoy that are high protein, right? Find those sources. That's step number two. Nuts are not a protein right? source. That's step <laughs> Nuts, yeah, nuts are not a good source of protein, if you're wondering. Nuts and peanut butter and nut butters, they're not a good protein source. But look at those lists. Things like, I mean, honestly, a lot of meats, beef, chicken, a lot of different fish, tilapia, salmon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it mostly, most good protein sources come from meat. That's just how it shrimp. is. Right? Those are the highest protein. You shrimp can shovel shrimp and get so much protein. Yeah. And there's like, how many calories? I hate to be that person that's like, there's like no calories. But no, like. Sh- <laughs> no, shrimp is, is one of the leaner proteins you could possibly get. So. Yeah. Get all these different, find proteins that you actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. Now, the next two steps, I think after that, that I always recommend to people to really dial down and hit their protein goal. Once you know how much you want to get, once you have the sources you like, there's two steps I like to take. And that's first one is that you want to design and have your first meal of the day be high in protein. I always recommend like a baseline of 30 grams. Doesn't have to, what if it's 24? It doesn't matter. Just get a good amount of protein because what you're going to soon notice is if you've got like 120 150 grams of protein per day and your breakfast doesn't have any, you're going to be looking after dinner at your protein intake. You're like, I still need 30, 40, 50 grams and I'm stuffed. How am I going to get this much protein? So start the day big and then make sure whenever you're planning your meals out, I think we've talked about this one before. When you plan your meal out, think protein and then build the meal around that. Oh, my lunch will be chicken. Oh, what can I have with chicken? Dinner is going to be steak or beef. What can I go with beef? It's it's not think about a dinner as a whole. Think about the protein source first. Build it around there. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm Will gonna... you say those are some, some good yes. guidelines? The song, first like... one you just posted was high protein, right? It was high protein, but this is more geared yeah. towards like a meal prep method that you can change often. So a preparation uh, method for your proteins to have it with certain veggies that allows that variety, changing up your foods, not just feeling like you're always having just chicken and rice and chicken and rice. Like you can switch it up, but keep the same methods. So it's still super routine, yes. but allows for a lot of flexibility. Yes. And we talked about how massively important <laughs> that flexibility is different things. So, so yeah, for all Patreon members, make sure you check that out. Uh, and I think the next step in that is you're going to get that. Let's say you pick out your proteins you like, all your food sources. You start designing this around. Now, some people have higher protein goals, right? Myself, I'm a larger dude. I'm 6'3", I weigh 220. My protein goal is around 200 grams per day because I'm very active. I strength train and I'm trying to build my strength. 200 grams a day is a lot. Hmm. And I've also heard some people, I mean, just in the bodybuilding world who they'll be 180, 170 pounds and they'll have a protein goal of 300. You don't need that much protein. You don't. (laughs) If you're going to compete on stage and there's certain techniques you might want to use, maybe, but no normal Hmm. person needs that much. 200 is very high right? Very high. Oh my God. And getting it through and getting it through food alone can sometimes be impossible. And that's where supplementing with it can be very, very massively helpful, especially in starting out. If you want to increase your protein intake, a whey protein shake or something like that can be so huge because it's low calorie, high protein. 
it doesn't have to be revolved around a meal. And then once you do one or two of those shakes and you can slowly start to build your meals better, start to figure out what works better. Maybe instead of two shakes a day, you go down to one shake a day. You can ease that out if you need to, but shakes and supplements can be such a massive help in this manner. I mean, Marianne and I have been using Legion's Way protein a long freaking time. I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. It was selfish when I started I, because it tasted really freaking good. But the other reason why I think you like it so much too is their whey protein is the whey protein plus isolate protein. Mm -hmm. There's isolates and concentrates, right? Isolate is the high quality one that you actually want, right? This is an isolate from grass-fed cows. A small dairy farm in Ireland is what they use. But the most important part is it's lactose-free, right? Whey is yes. taken away from leftover dairy, right? Concentrates do not take out the lactose. Right? And that's what gives so many people digestive issues. 75% of the world's population stops making the digestive enzyme lactase after the age of five, mm -hmm. after the age of five years old, which is how you help digest lactose, yes. right? So mm -hmm. getting an isolate, that's why I didn't even realize I could drink one or two of those shakes and feel fine, not feel like I have to shit my brains out. <laughs> that's why I actually love it even more. That's just another reason why a solid weight isolate shake would be absolutely incredible if you're having a hard time meeting those goals. And here's the most important part. There used to be this debate, and I think some people still believe it. It's like, oh, it's not as good as the real thing. Realize whey protein is, even if it's not as high quality as Legion's Whey Plus, it's not synthetic. It's not made in a lab, Yeah. right? This is extracted from a real protein source. They're just taking away the fats, the carbs, the things that go with it to make it an easy, digestible, simple thing that you can add into your day. This is not a fake protein. Whey mm -hmm. protein is just as real as any source that you can consume. And actually on like a bioavailability standpoint, it usually scores the absolute highest on a test, even over eggs and chicken, which are I think the second and third most digestible proteins. Whey is consistently number one. So supplementing it could be a great way to increase and to hit your total goal. I, if you asked me three years ago if I could ever consume a whey protein, and I have severe IBS, severe IBS, and be okay after, actually feel phenomenal after, I would have, you couldn't mm -hmm. have paid me to have it. And I was always like yeah. trying out different proteins, even plant protein. And I mean, I, I've been taking this for, I think it's been a little over a year and a half now. And it's just, it, it doesn't compare. Shots. So, so important. And I don't say that a lot. I really don't say that a lot about things that are supplements. Whey protein powder is a supplement, but the quality is so, so important. If you're going to yeah. spend any of your money on a supplement, protein powder is one of the better options. That's usually the number one or two that I recommend is, is like a solid protein powder. So yeah. if you want to get the Legion Whey Plus, the isolate, you can use code FSPOD, F-S-P-O-D at checkout for that 20% off. And you can run over there and grab that right after. So a protein shake just can, it can help you get there. We talked about how to hit your goal, how to set your goal, how to then apply and achieve that goal through picking the right food sources by structuring your, your days and meals, right? Spreading it out. I do want to go over a couple quick myths about protein that... I think are still, they're, they're just not dead yet. And I think the first one is how much protein can you eat in one sitting? I think that's the biggest myth that I see today what behind the kidneys thing. So there's this old standing myth that you can only digest 30 grams of protein per sitting. Meaning if you eat anything over 30 grams of protein in one sitting in a meal, it will be excreted, right? You will not use it. You will not digest it. Now, 
like a lot of rumors and myths, they come from a misquoted or misreviewed study. Now, there was a study a long time ago that was testing the optimal rate of whey protein intake in terms of increasing muscle protein synthesis, right? In increasing muscle protein synthesis. They found that rates of muscle protein synthesis increased all the way up to 30 grams. So 10 grams from zero grams increased muscle protein synthesis. 20 grams increased it more than 10. 30 grams increased it more than 20. But after 30, you weren't increasing muscle protein synthesis anymore. If you have 50 grams of protein, if you have 30 grams, muscle protein synthesis rates stayed about the same level. But that does not mean you're just going to get rid of anything extra of that 30, right? That's not what that means. That just means it's going to stay there longer because protein is going to take a little bit longer to digest. The actual amount of protein you could absorb in one sitting is going to be different for everybody, but it, I can almost promise you it's probably not something you have to worry about. I think for women, it's probably going to be anywhere between like 70 and 90 grams. Also, oh, why would you be for men? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And for men, like, it, that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. Like, it's not something people need to worry about men. No, I think it's, it's even not. higher, like 80 to 110 <laughs> grams. Like you don't need to be eating 110 grams. And even <laughs> then you probably would still be good. Like you'd probably still be good, but you wouldn't, but you'd be still miserable. that point. <laughs> you'd want to poop freaking everywhere, but I said poop a lot, poops and butts. Why am I talking about that so much? But, <laughs> but that, that's a myth, right? You can digest more than 30 grams in a sitting. I promise And Anyone who tells you that, ask them where the hell they got that number. And I can promise you it's going to be quoting that study. And it's the study that they have not read because if they read it, they'd realize they were talking about its relationship to muscle protein synthesis, not total digestion. Yeah. Now that's a big one. The other big one I hear, I think the other... Last one is the effect on your kidneys. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, and you hear this with a lot of the kidneys from a lot of supplements too. Also, you hear this with, with creatine, but our kidneys are so important for getting rid of waste. So that that's that's their biggest job is to filter out toxins, get rid of waste in the urine, control that cycle there. And it is thought that high protein diets cause too much stress on the kidneys. So that could lead to kidney disease, which is, is not is not true. If you do have kidney disease or if you have a history of kidney disease in your family, you know you are at risk, your kidney may not be functionally, functioning optimally. You may not be able, it, that may not be able to process a super high protein diet. That's why it's often recommended yeah. for those with kidney disease to go on a lower protein diet because- With existing kidney disease. Yes, with like existing. The... But if there's no yeah. markers of like it being a problem, then you're typically okay. And also the issue with this, many high protein diets that are studied, and we were talking about this with Stan, I think too, are- the standard American diet. So high protein diets from the standard American diet, which is mm -hmm. ultra processed foods, ultra processed meats, deli meats, cured meats, little to no vegetable, fruit, whole grain consumption. That is not a baseline to use. That's completely yeah, you, different. You, that can stress you your body for so you many other reasons. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't isolate protein out of that mess. No, you can't. Uh, that pisses me no. off, to be honest, and I hate yeah. that they keep doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same stream of thought as like the the whole creatine. The same thing with creatine in your kidneys. Like, oh, well, creatinine, 
goes up. It's like, yeah, yeah, because of the creatine, not because of your kidneys not doing a good job. Your kidneys are doing great. And I even think there's several reviews that are, have come out lately that even show adults that have higher protein intake actually have a better functioning kidney than low, which is again, yeah, it helps stuff, but- with your urea, so, urea. It plays an important role in the, that cycle. I'm not going to try and say it again. <laughs> <laughs> not going to try it again. Yeah. So, so those are the things, and it's it's just one of those myths that like get out of the way because people are like, oh, well, I heard you heard that from what? Like uh, again, a ridiculous BuzzFeed article from like 10 years ago that's outdated that did not cite its research. It does why. not have problems. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I mean, even the same, tra- same train of thought with the whole sodium thing. If you have hypertension, high blood pressure, you might want to limit your sodium to kind of come back down a little bit. But if you do not have hypertension, sodium is not anything you need to worry about. Same thing with proteins. Like if, you, if your kidneys are working, which odds are, if you're listening to this, they are, right? Because most people are, the vast majority are. You don't have something to worry about when it comes yeah. to protein and you're hitting all those massive points that we covered earlier for how phenomenal this is. So out of breath, that was, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I misled the audience. I thought this was going to be a short one. We went deep, but I think it was worth it. This was a solid episode. Yeah. For reference, it's seven 30 for me right now. And it's four 30 for Tony. Mariana, so. She got pus in her mouth. Seven thirty hey, at night. You gotta give tooth is bleeding. There. You gotta give context. You're right. Okay, I forgot because her wisdom teeth got removed. Yeah. She's that was gross. It kind of made me throw up in my mouth again. Just that was my my, my wisdom tooth this. hole is infected. So I'm sorry for doing that because I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. So if you did too, I, you know what? That one's on me. But phenomenal episode. Again, if you do want to check out that Way Plus by Legion, you can type in our code FSPOD FSPOD at checkout for twenty percent off on their website we have the link in our bio as well you know where else to find us thank you guys for rating five stars it's always such a like seriously it means the world to us letting us know in our dms how you like these episodes what more you want to learn about shoot us a message and we will do our best to get to it you can find us on instagram at fs.pod tiktok same thing uh we got a twitter but we don't tweet thank you for liking and subscribing on can we can we stay for a second look at stay for a second my dog right now Oh, he's a little tuckered out. Is it his bedtime? He has his paw in his mouth. <laughs> oh, that's actually really cute. I couldn't tell it was a little boy from me, but that's freaking adorable. Sorry. I would show you my dog, person. but that would mean I'd have to show you my room. And it is a mess with packing right now. So enjoy that little fluff. All right. We love you. Have a productive day or night whenever you're listening to this. Get your gosh dang protein. Oh, yeah, that's about it. That's about I miss it. you. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>